Blog Talk Radio. Radio 470 AM. It is game day, people. Welcome to the most talked about game in the state of Texas. I'm already sweating like a whore in church. We're going to play fast. We're going to take what we can get, gentlemen. Do you understand me? Let's show them what we got. Kid can move. Come on, this is not just some game. You realize that. This is about tradition. It's about the spirit and keeping this town alive. That's football. That's all we got. It's going down tonight. Everybody in this damn town is telling me how to do my job. What they do need to do is they need to win. This town makes these kids into idols. I need you to lead. Can you do that for me? Okay. All right, another Wednesday night in October means another Wednesday night in high school football. And that means, yes, another Wednesday night with me, Jim Baxter, and the South Carolina High School Blitz. Welcome to the party. We had a great show lined up tonight. Uh, South All-Star Head Coach Ken Cribb of Johnsonville. He'll be joining us in just a few minutes to talk about some All-Star football. We also have Carolina Forest quarterback and East Carolina University commit Mason Garcia, who's going to be joining us and he's actually taking part in that north south all-star game so he'll be talking a little bit about that and his football season coach scott early uh, is going to join us around 8 30 tonight to talk a little bit about the north south all-star game activities and uh you know maybe about team selection that kind of stuff he is one of the uh, coordinators for the events uh, for the week of uh, the all-star game and um we'll have him on and then also gray collegiate quarterback and holy cross commit hunter helms He'll be uh, on with us in this uh, first hour. All of that in hour number one. And I'll be joined uh, also by Richie Altman from Southern Sports Central Radio. Richie, uh, he'll, be, he'll be coming in and helping out with the, uh, the show. But a great show lined up. A lot of good things happened this week. A lot of great action in South Carolina high school football. Uh, some things happened today that were, that were kind of interesting. And, and uh, we may uh, get to those um, as we head towards uh, – the second hour of the show, but uh, there was a school in the low country that um, apparently um, Oceanside Collegiate um, it had a uh, violation on uh, the, the eight quarter uh, violation where they had uh, some players that were dressed for the junior varsity game and um, actually played in the varsity game on Friday night and the 70, nothing uh, win over Phillip Simmons high school. Um, have not seen any comments uh, from the school other than the principal saying that they would uh, comment after they uh, looked into it and had their own investigation. But uh, from what I understand, it, uh, it was something that uh, took place. Um, apparently, uh, the story I got was these kids um, played a, par- a portion of the junior varsity game and then uh, one quarter of the, the varsity game which obviously was not for, I think it was 59 to nothing when these kids went in the game, but it obviously wasn't for, uh, to gain an unfair advantage of any kind, but uh, it's still a violation. Uh, It's still something the high school league is going to have to look at. And it's still something that there's going to be some punishment for. Now the interesting question is, um, were there any other violations earlier in the season? They've blown out a lot of people. So the question remains now, uh, were there players, were these uh, sub-varsity players dressed out for varsity games all season? And if so, 
another violation because even if they didn't play, uh, they're dressed out there and they're considered participating in the game. And we do have the rule in South Carolina, even though we don't have a quarter rule, we do have the rule that says um, there has to be three full days of uh, rest between contests. So if they were playing on Thursday night and then dressing on Friday night, obviously a violation. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how many violations uh, uh, come of this. Uh, from what I'm told by some sources in the low country, uh, some of the schools that uh, they played earlier in the year are already looking at uh, their junior varsity films and their varsity films to see uh, if, uh, you know, if there were any players that looked like they dressed for both of those games. Um, I would say that we would get uh, someone from Oceanside on to, to talk to us about it, but I think uh, with without an investigation uh, being done, um, I, I don't think that uh, that we're going to get anybody on the to comment it, comment on it tonight, um, but we very well could. Uh, we're going to take a quick break before I get uh, Coach Ken Cribb in here to talk to us, and uh, we will be right back after a word from our sponsors. It's calling your taste buds. You know that delicious-looking landmark, that chocolate-dipped cone in the sky located in Triangle City, West Columbia. Under it, the legendary Zesto, where folks have come from miles around the last six decades to enjoy the absolute best Zesto burgers, sandwiches, homemade slaw dogs, and hot fudge sundaes. All fast and fresh and friendly. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. till 11 p.m. ZestoWestColumbia.com. Score big your next tailgate with one of Maurice's barbecue party specials, like Maurice's rib special. Two pounds of pulled pork cooked low and slow. A full rack of fall-off-the-bone ribs. Three big pints of southern sides. Ten rolls, a gallon of tea, and 18 ounces of Maurice's signature sauce. Feed ten for about six bucks a person. Now that's tailgate. More at Maurice'sBarbecue.com. Their pits have been hot since 39. Go team! That great smoke taste is cooking up for you at Maurice's Piggy Park Barbecue. All right, welcome back in to the South Carolina High School Blitz and uh, still trying to get uh, Coach Cribb online. But uh, while while we're uh, waiting on him, we can go ahead and, and talk about the, um, the All-Star game. Uh, it, I was on uh, Richie Altman's uh, Southern Sports Central show today, and, and we talked a little bit about uh, the rosters and, and how these kids are selected. Because there's a lot of people that uh, – there's always at this time of the year when the All-Star – uh, games are selected. There's people that say, uh, you know, there were, you know, snubs on the all-star teams. And I, I really don't think that there's snubs as much as there are, you know, especially with the Shrine Bowl. I think that everyone, every one of the kids that are on the Shrine Bowl team deserve to be there. They're all capable players. They're all worthy of all-star status. Um, are there politics involved? I'm sure there's politics involved. I mean, and, and to the level of, you know, when you've got three kids, let's say you got three wide receivers and you got one spot left that you can that you can select a kid. You know, obviously, um, you know how do you how do you arrive at the decision if all three of these kids are are equal in talent um, on the same on the same level? How do you decide? Well, I'm sure that there's some politics involved. I'm sure that the the coach that's making the decision has at one time or another uh, crossed paths with one of the coaches uh, of this young man of these young men that are that are in the running for that last position and. Um, you know, and they say, hey, you know what, uh, I coached with, you know, Coach Bob, you know, uh, you know, 10 years ago, I liked him, or I ran into him and met him at a conference, and I liked him, and whatever, and that 
that's the thing that makes your decision. You know, when we make decisions in life, there's always going to be something when you when you're just torn between two or two or three decisions. There's something that you know, enables you to make the final decision. And so I'm sure that there's politics involved in that, but not to the extent that there's players on the team that don't deserve to be there. And if you look at the North-South uh, All-Star rosters, there's a lot of good players on this thing. And I know that there were some players that were left off, uh, notably some of the players that um, that I heard, uh, you know, about today in the low country, obviously Keegan Williams, a running back from Oceanside Collegiate, I think one of the best running backs in the state. Reminds me a lot of uh, Matt Colburn, but, uh, you know, he he was a kid that uh, was left off uh, the all-star team. They only took three running backs. The three running backs they got are, are good running backs. So I don't think that, you know, there's any, uh, um, you know, way that uh, you can say that it was a, a snub. Um, but, uh Anyway, Luke Taylor, linebacker from Somerville, was another one that was mentioned that, uh, you know, outstanding player. Um, he actually reminds me a lot of a player in the Midlands that was left off of this thing. Um, Brandon Edwards from Blackwood, another player that's uh, he's playing linebacker. He played running back last year. Was one of the, he's one of the most dynamic players in the Midlands, but, uh, you know, didn't, didn't manage to get on an all-star roster, and I think that was tragic. I think one of the problems with him, though, was that he actually um, – played running back last year, moved over to linebacker this year out of necessity and really didn't touch the ball much until uh, three or four games into the season. So I'm sure that hurt him. But if you look at this this roster, and I'll go over it real quick just to give these kids some um, recognition. Uh, Nanders Lawrence, wide receiver from Airport High School. Uh, Ramsey Lewis, running back, North Myrtle Beach High School. Devontae Allen uh, was selected as an athlete from Marion. Um, Quarterback, Mason Garcia, Carolina Forest, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the state, East Carolina uh, commitment. Uh, Jalene Richardson, linebacker from Timberland. Um, Karon Farrell, um, run, defensive back from Woodland. Uh, Brandon Wilson, defensive end from Battery Creek. This is obviously the East, uh, I mean, the South team that I'm going over right now. Linebacker, Cameron Harper, South Florence. Quarterback, Ty Olinchuk, Dutch Fork. We had Ty on Sunday on the Sunday drive. Outstanding quarterback. I think uh, Ty Olinchuk is the best quarterback in the state of South Carolina. Um, he is a Clemson commitment for baseball. Defensive back Alec Holt from Gilbert. Uh, linebacker uh, Chandler Matthews uh, from Ladder, Latta. Uh, defensive back Antonio McKnight from C.E. Murray, another great athlete. Wide receiver Lavelle Davis from Woodland. Wide receiver Isaiah Brown uh, from um, Johnsonville. A great group of wide receivers, guys. Linebacker Kenny Bird from Myrtle Beach. Uh, wide receiver Tyree Funier from Waccamaw. Running back James Dagan from Buford. Defensive back Terry Fields from May River. Running back DeSheria Williams from Wade Hampton. A.J. Campbell, a defensive back from Green Sea Floyd. Defensive back Robert West from Strom Thurmond. Defensive back Will Pickering from Wando. And I believe Will Pickering also plays some quarterback for Wando. Um, linebacker Don Terry and Best, A.C. Floor. Defensive tackle Garrett Hayek from Chapin. Uh, offensive lineman Tyshawn Brooks from Dutch Fork. Uh, defensive tackle Jackson Thorne from Crestwood. Defensive end Clint Caldwell from Lake City. Defensive tackle Brandon Johnson. Fort Dorchester talked a little bit about Brandon Johnson this morning. 6'3", 290-pound, a great athlete. Um, has some small school Division One offers and uh, waiting on that, that big one. Uh, linebacker Shedrick Porter, Pointer of Myrtle Beach. Offensive lineman Walker Anderson from Lexington High School. Um, offensive lineman uh, Devon Mincy from Hannah Pamplico. Offensive lineman Floyd Hart from Orangeburg-Wilkinson. Defensive end uh, uh, Taquan Bright, Baptist Hill. 
Offensive lineman Trad Castles from Brooklyn Casey. Offensive lineman Josh Taylor uh, from Chapin, outstanding offensive lineman. Um, kicker uh, Luis Orellana from White Knoll, uh, one of the best kickers in the state. Um, offensive lineman Hunter Powers from Berkeley. Offensive lineman Quintel Brabham from Bamberg Earhart. Wide receiver Michael Jones. Mike Jones from Swansea, another great uh, athlete. I've actually felt like Mike Jones has been the best player on that Swansea team for the last two years. Uh, Rakeem White, at wide receiver from Bluffton. Wide receiver Jacoby uh, Quillen from Wilson. Um, tight end Jacob Lucas from Pillion. Uh, wide receiver Brady Hopkins from Somerville. And defensive end Emmanuel Johnson from Fort Dorchester. And uh, we will go over um, some of the uh, north team. That's the south team um, that we just went over. But we'll go over the north team uh, a little bit later um, after we uh, talk to some of our guests. Uh, and I think uh, we've got Coach Cribb uh, online joining us right now. And uh, I threw a curveball at him by doing the show a little bit earlier. Coach Cribb, you there? Yes, sir, I am. Hey, Coach. Uh, sorry, sorry about the uh, mix-up on the time. I, I went back and looked at our, our exchange, and I had actually told you 8.05, and uh, we'll actually be off the air at 8.05. So uh, I figured I'd better message you and tell you to go ahead and call in. And I know you're just getting off practice. How'd practice go? Oh, we had a pretty good one today. We did. We had a pretty good one. Well, good deal. Um, I uh, brought you on. I just went over the South uh, roster. I'm not sure how much you heard. Went over that. We've had some people today on a show earlier in the day that were, were commenting on, um, you know, kids that they, that they felt should have been on the All-Star team. We go through that every year. And I, I try to explain to people that I don't think there's I don't think there's politics involved to the extent that there's kids selected that shouldn't be there. And I don't think that there's really snubs. I think that you know, this is, this is a very difficult thing to do. you got 44 uh, spots to, to pick these kids, and every region in the state's got to be represented. So talk to us a little bit about the selection process. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not an easy job. Uh, we watched a ton of film and done a ton of evaluation. We started, um, you know, almost a calendar year ago uh, looking at these kids, and we just tried to pick the, the best best kids that, that fit what we wanted to do on offense and, and defense, you know, the best. Um, uh, like I said, it's no easy task. you got to take kids from every region. you got to take kids from every classification. And uh, uh, I think we, we did a pretty good job trying to, to sort through that and, and find the, the best kids that could fit what we want to do, you know, as a, as a team on offense and defense. Now, um, talk a little bit. I've talked to, I've talked to the coaches uh, year after year on how much time they spend in this. Talk to the uh, people about how much time you guys spend um, at uh, at evaluating these guys and what goes into it. Like how often do you meet? How much film are you guys actually watching? And then who actually makes the decisions? Are the position coaches pretty much in charge of pick, taking the kids they want, or does it all fall upon the head coach after the recommendations are made? Uh, well, we watch a ton of game film. Um, we watch game film and highlight film, and and we uh, we we of course you know talk around and and, uh, and get recommendations and, and talk about how people look, and then we we eyeball a bunch of them too through the combines and through playing and you know watching film on up, upcoming uh, teams that you play. Um, so well, I think we did a thorough process, and as far as selecting the team, you know, position coaches, uh, 
they uh, they make their recommendations, and, and I okay them. And, um, you know, I, if you trust your staff, and like I do, because we've got a very good staff, very competent staff, um, you know, we had very few problems. And um, and we had a few we had to, you know, come down. I had to make an executive decision on, but, but not many. But most of the time we agreed pretty much 100% on. Now, you mentioned uh, mentioned your staff. Can you tell us uh, who's on your staff and, and what positions they're going to be coaching in the game? Oh, boy, put me on the spot. Uh, we, got, uh, <laughs> we got Dan Holland coaching our O-line. Um, he's mm-hmm. from Pillion. Uh We have um, Reed Sharpie coaching our wide receivers from Brooklyn Casey. Uh, mm-hmm. Our quarterback coach and offense coordinator be Perry Woolbright. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the defensive side, we have Mark Cagle, who will be our defensive coordinator from Gilbert, and he'll coach uh, the secondary. Uh, Scott Stogner from Chapin will coach the linebackers. And Brian Smith from C. E. Murray will coach our DL. Okay. And what, uh, as a head coach, do you do you get involved in any of the coaching of the positions, or are you just strictly uh, manage manage just like you would as a head coach on the football team? No, I'm actually gonna have to coach running back, um, uh, which I got a, a three, a pretty good one. So I don't think there's a whole lot of coaching there to do. But uh, yeah, I, I will be coaching the running backs and kind of overseeing and giving a helping hand and. And everything, and these guys we got don't need a helping hand. They all know how to coach. They all been successful coaches uh, for years, and so uh, I'm very blessed to have the staff that we do. Now, let, uh, last night you and I were talking, and, and we talked about um, some of the quarterbacks. This, this being a great year for quarterbacks in the state of South Carolina, and uh, I've already talked about Tyle and Chuck, but you've actually seen uh, Mason Garcia from uh, Carolina Forest and. Wanted to, if you could, just talk a little bit about uh, about him and um, what it means to be able to, in an all-star game like this, to be able to get the caliber player like that. I mean, because any other year, you know, these two kids you got at quarterback would be Shrine Bowl quarterbacks. Yeah, I told someone on one of the other shows the other night, this has got to be the year of the quarterback in South Carolina. Uh, there's a lot of good ones. Uh, uh, you know, Shrine Bowl got two good ones. North got two. We got two. And there's probably three or four more that any other year would probably have, have made this team. Uh, we feel real fortunate to get got the two we, we've gotten. Um, you know, we're real excited. Uh, they can throw it. They can run it. They're leaders. They're smart. And um, we're going to try to cater the offense around their abilities. Yeah, you definitely got some great players on that. Well, Coach, um, I appreciate you joining us uh, for the. How, how about Johnsonville? Tell us about Johnsonville. As long as I got you on, talk about some of your kids. And uh, you know, these kids don't get a, don't get exposure that often uh, on television or radio. So go ahead, and you got some players you want to promote. Uh, tell us about your football team. Well, we're uh, we're a work in progress, but we've come a long way from where we were this time last year, and we got I think pointed in the right direction, and uh, and you know it's. It's going to take it's one one step at a time, you know, when a program in the situation that we took over in. But uh, we got some kids that work extremely hard, and uh, uh, we actually got all star ourselves. Isaiah Brown is a six three hundred ninety pound wideout. He's a, he's a good player. No, a lot of people don't know much about him, but uh, he's really matured and he's he's really come on and he's big and he's fast. And um, we're looking forward to seeing what he can do down there with the rest of these kids. And uh, I got a pretty good quarterback named Savion Graves. He's a quarterback safety. He, he's a good player and. Uh, and uh, he's uh, he's he's doing well for us, and he's matured as as you know as the season has gone on. And uh, um, like I said, I think we got it pointed in the right direction. Well, Coach, I appreciate you joining us uh, to talk about the All Star team. I'm looking forward to coming down. In fact, I think me and my partners are going to be uh, broadcasting that game 
for people to listen to that can't actually get to the game. And um, I'm looking forward to it. It's always an exciting week. Uh, you know, people people talk about the Shrine Bowl being the best all-star game uh, in the state. And I think that it's looked at, looked at that way by a lot of people. But uh, in my eyes, the North-South game is, is – uh, by far uh, a lot more fun to be around, uh, at least from my perspective. Yeah, you know, I've been fortunate enough to do both of them, and uh, and they do a first-class job, and uh, we, we look forward to going down there and putting a good product on the field and uh, and keeping that tradition going. All right, Coach, thank you, and uh, have a great week. Good luck to you guys this weekend. All right, thank you. All right, Coach Ken Cribb from Johnsonville, who's a head uh, coach for the South All-Star team joining us. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and uh, come back in for more commentary. May do the uh, North rosters, talk about the North rosters a little bit before we have a couple of our guests on. Um, we um, moved our time up. We were we were originally scheduled for 8 to 10 and moved it back 6 to 8. So it, um, I think it uh, threw a curveball at a couple of the guests. But we've got them lined up and uh, coming in. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be right back after this work from our sponsors. If you have roofing or construction needs, call Pac-Men Contracting, LLC. Roofing, rebuilds, remods, and additions, Pac-Men Contractors can do it all. A veteran-owned company, licensed, bonded, and insured, call 803-363-0739. It's calling your taste buds. You know that delicious-looking landmark, that chocolate-dipped cone in the sky located in Triangle City, West Columbia. Under it, the legendary Zesto, where folks have come from miles around the last six decades to enjoy the absolute best Zesto burgers, sandwiches, homemade slaw dogs, and hot fudge sundaes. All fast and fresh and friendly. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. till 11 p.m. ZestoWestColumbia.com All right, welcome back in to the South Carolina High School Blitz. Jim Baxter from scvarsity.com with you. And um, going to be joined in just a little bit by Richie Altman from Southern Sports Central uh, Radio down in the Low Country. Um, thanks to Coach Ken Cribb from Johnsonville for joining us uh, for that uh, great interview. Um, interesting, interesting stuff. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't think, I think he was being very modest when um, I asked him about the time involved because I know that these guys spend a lot of hours um, watching this, this film on these kids and evaluating and trying to go through the board on who, you know, who's going to make this team, who they're going to take, who they're not going to be able to take. And it's a tough decision. Uh, I'm sure, like he said, you know, it, 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 there's several positions. It comes down to um, guys that you, you really want, but just don't have room. And again, 44 spots on this team. And it's really tough uh, to be able to, uh, to get, all of these kids that, that are deserving for the all-star um, games. Uh, there are some other all-star games uh, coming up. Um, you know, you got, we have the, uh, the Midlands um, uh, Metro uh, Columbia Metro bowl. Um, 
that uh, that's going to be coming up, and that gives uh, seniors from the Midlands area an opportunity. I understand there's going to be one down in the Low Country now, um, so uh, we'll we'll be able to um, get kids in the, in the Low Country that didn't make the Shrine Bowl, didn't make the North South roster, that'll have an opportunity to get that last All Star game in. And, and and you know because of the games are, are like you know, you, they're able to get one you know, get these college coaches to give one last look at these guys uh, in pads. And and against uh, a higher, you know, may, what may be a higher caliber competition uh, than what they play against uh, in the regular season. Uh, go over the North All Star roster real quick. Uh, wide receiver Ben Rollins from Chapman, uh, Dylan Buford from Abbeville, uh, LaTerrence Mills from Chester. Uh, he's a defensive back. Quarterback Hunter Helms from Gray Collegiate. We'll have Hunter on in just a little while. Uh, quarterback Amon Green from Westwood High School. Another uh, good quarterback, uh, Hunter Helms, I uh, mentioned, uh, committed to Holy Cross. Uh, Amon Green um, committed to Georgia State, I believe. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think that they were possibly recruiting him as a tight end. But uh, plays quarterback for Westwood, had a, a phenomenal season as a junior and another great year this year. Um Running back Dante Smith from Chapman, uh, linebacker Hayden Johnson from Clover, uh, Mallory Pinckney, um, running back, uh, Southside Christian, wide receiver Anthony Dinkins McCall, who also lines up at running back for Sumter, um, defensive back Michael Brunson, uh, Calhoun County, defensive back A.J. Jefferson uh, from Indian Land, defensive back Caden Richards from Gaffney. Wide receiver Tyler Cherry from Wren, 6'2", 195. Great wide receiver for Jeff Tate and those Wren Hurricanes. Wide receiver Omarion Dollison, uh, great collegiate, 5'10", 175, uh, committed to Old Dominion. Uh, this is a phenomenal kid. If you get a chance to watch him and get a chance to go to this game, keep an eye on him because he is a big-time playmaker. Linebacker Elijah Harper from Westside. Defensive back Marquise Graves from Bowling Springs. Uh, defensive back Anthony Jackson from Rock Hill. Defensive back Noah Alberry from Dorman. Linebacker Amoy Wilmore from Newberry. Uh, also one of the better running backs in the Midlands area. Running back R.J. Ellis from Belton Honeypath. Linebacker Dawson Glenn from Dixie. Defensive back Tyson Player from Ridgeview. Outstanding defensive back for Perry Parks over at Ridgeview uh, Blazers. Offensive lineman uh, Tamias Richard, uh, Robinson Spartanburg. Offensive lineman Shane Amerson from Lamar. Offensive lineman Chuck Strickland from Burns. Uh, defensive lineman Marquis Martin from Pendleton. Uh, offensive lineman Baron Franks from Greenville. Linebacker Joshua Bird from uh, Burns. Offensive lineman Chandler Muller from Ridgeview. Uh, linebacker Donovan Bush from Silver Bluff. Offensive lineman Ash- Ashton Shannon, York. Offensive lineman Kaisan Chisholm from South Point. Uh, defensive lineman Weston Williams from Wagner Sally. Um, defensive lineman Emmanuel Bush from Lancaster Offensive lineman Jonathan Brown from T.L. Hanna Defensive lineman Dejon Thunderbird from Central um, Wide receiver Keyshawn Williams from Batesburg, Leesville uh, Keyshawn Williams is a, a young man that we've had our eye on since his freshman year at Batesburg, Leesville Plays a defensive back um, for the Panthers And I believe he'll probably um, play in the secondary at the next level. A wide receiver, Cam Atkins uh, from Westwood, outstanding wide receiver. Defensive lineman, Cameron Donald from Woodmont. Linebacker, uh, Lawrence Parlow from Greenwood. Wide receiver, Eli Wilson from Wren. 
Defensive lineman Carson Smith from Abbeville, McAvion um, Holly from Greer, and defensive lineman Jaquarius Gwynn from Clover. Uh, outstanding lineup of players, uh, you know, on these teams. And, and uh, you know, it's, there's so much that goes in to these all-star games. And if you get a chance to go down for the North-South game in Myrtle Beach, it's December 14th, I recommend going down there and, and, and taking in this game. It's an excellent venue. Um, they do a great job with activities for these kids. They also had the Mr. Football Award that's announced uh, um, that week uh, uh, from there. And um, it's uh, it's just a great game. And, and uh, again, uh, you know, salute to all these young men that, that made this team and the coaches that coached them. And, and really, the coaches that are on this north-south, uh, these north-south teams, because um, they've got a big job. You know, they get these kids for, for one week, um, and there's so much excitement going around. It's hard to keep them focused. Um, they're down at the beach. They're, they're down there to have a good time. But they're also down there to play a football game. And um, it, these coaches that coach these all-star games, um, they take a lot of time out of their schedule. Um, it takes away. Uh, some time from their own football team takes away some some time from their families, and uh, I just think that uh, you really need to thank these guys whenever you see them uh, for the outstanding job that they do. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and on the other side of that break, we're going to have uh, Coach Scott Early joining us. Scott uh, Early is one of the coordinators for the Shrine Bowl. He's done a good job in all the years that I've known him uh, doing that job, and uh, have worked with him some on that. And uh, can't wait to get him on the line and let him tell us about uh, uh, some of the uh, things that they've got planned for these kids this week. We'll be right back. Score big your next tailgate with one of Maurice's barbecue party specials, like Maurice's rib special. Two pounds of pulled pork cooked low and slow. A full rack of fall-off-the-bone ribs. Three big pints of southern sides. Ten rolls, a gallon of tea, and 18 ounces of Maurice's signature sauce. Feed ten for about six bucks a person. Now that's tailgate. More at maurice'sbarbecue.com. Their pits have been hot since 39. Go team! That great smoke taste is cooking up for you at Maurice's Biggie Park Barbecue. If you have roofing or construction needs, call Pac-Men Contracting, LLC. Roofing, rebuilds, remods, and additions, Pac-Men Contractors can do it all. A veteran-owned company, licensed, bonded, and insured. Call Welcome back in to the South Carolina High School Blitz. Joe Baxter, BetsyVarsity.com. I want to thank Coach Ken Cribb from Johnsonville and the head coach for the South All-Star teams for joining us. And I believe right now we have online with us uh, Coach Scott Early. Coach Scott Early, uh, of course, uh, has coached all over the state, has been successful everywhere he's been. He's at West Side right now, but we're bringing him in to talk North-South All-Star football. Coach Early, you there? Yeah, Jim. I'm here. 
All right. So before we get into North South, I'll start stuff. Tell us about West Side. What's going on up there at the West Side with the Rams? Well, we're just trying to win a game. You know, we uh, had a had a rough, you know, played a tough schedule and turned it over, made some mistakes. Uh, feel like we're sitting here with a team that could easily be undefeated. Now we're fighting for our lives, but you know, we like to do things the hard way up here. So, um, you know, got got two left and gonna have a log jam and a tiebreaker and all kind of you know interesting stuff go on so we like to keep it keep it fun and uh had a good week looking forward to playing greenwood at home friday night uh coach we we you know we talk a good bit um off the air about some stuff and we've been friends a long time and I'm, i'm gonna ask you just i'm just gonna come out and ask you about the upstate um i was i was really surprised that dorman um beat Burns the other day. I still think Burns is going to be the team to beat in the upper state, but uh, I'm I'm 99.9% positive it's going to be Dutch Fork coming out of the lower state. But you're up there watching the upper state guys. In your opinion, what do you think about those teams? You think it's you think it's going to come down to to Burns and Dorman game to produce the upper state winner? Yeah, I mean, you know, five A and and uh, 4A and even sometimes 3A with Dylan and Chapman are are predetermined. I mean, we got some machines, and, you know, I think I think Gaffney's talented enough if they put it together to, to play with either one of them. But, but no, I mean, you're probably going to be 99.9% up here that you're going to get, you know, Burns or Dorman playing Dutch Fort. So, um, you know, some people call that boring. I call it greatness. So my hat's off to those programs that, you know, in the last five, six years here, you know, Reggie's got Burns back where Bobby had him, and uh, Dave's, you know, Dorman's Dorman. They're, you know, they're well coached. They, they dress 100 kids every Friday night. It's important there. Uh, and Gaffney's a bunch of athletes running around. And, you know, and then you got, I guess, Fort D will play Dutch Fork. And, you know, it might be boring, but it but it bodes for great football, you know, in December. And, and uh, I think those are clearly, clearly the best four teams in the state in 5A football. Yeah, it you know it does, and I, I hear people all the time talk about how boring it is. It's like an NFL. You know, I, I hear people. I had a guy today who was talking about he was tired of seeing the Patriots. I said, "Well, beat them. You know, <laughs> you don't want right. you don't want to see them anymore. Just beat them." Uh, so, coach, yeah, uh, right. we 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 had Coach Ken Crib on talking about the South All Star and, and a little bit of the process, but um, wanted to get uh, your take. You you've done such a great job uh, coordinating events and things for the North South guys down there, and and put on such a great event. Um, for the for for the kids, for the coaches, for the for the parents, for the fans, uh, wanted to have you on and talk a little bit about this year's game and and some of the things that are planned and 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 I guess some of the process that goes into it. And we're going to actually going to have a couple of the, tri- the uh, North South quarterbacks on with us tonight as well. Yeah, well, I mean, thank God we 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 bought out a hurricane season and we can actually <clears throat> do this for <laughs> I think the first time in five years without you know, moving parts everywhere and moving to coastal and, and just not knowing what's going to happen. So this year's pretty normal, pretty traditional. And, you know, our, our goal is, you know, to have the greatest all-star game in the country and, and give them a bowl type experience. And I think that, you know, in our state, when you come to Myrtle Beach and you get to, you know, go to the restaurants three times a day, you get to go to entertainment venues, you get to go to beach, you get to stay in a hotel, you, you, you form you form bonds and relationships that 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 last forever, and um, you know we we've got a great product. I'm I'm not a, not ashamed of that. Don't want it to sound arrogant, but 
you know, I feel like, you know, I've coached in the Shrine Bowl and I've been with the North South since 2001 and, you know, been in a position since 2003 to, to really, to really do some things. And, and I think we have a great, a great game, you know, for all people involved. You know, I think what makes our game unique is it's for, you know, we have all-star players, we have all-star coaches, we have all-star officials, we have all-star chain crew, uh, and it's a tremendous honor. And it's, you know, anytime you get seven days free at the beach, I mean, you're blessed anyhow. So, you know, I, I love what we do, the way we do it. And, uh, you know, it, it's just something that I look forward to every year. And, uh, and it, you know, we're looking forward to this year just not having a lot of the turbulence that we have the last years with, with the high school league and the hurricanes and, you know, all the things that come our way this year, this year is, should be traditional and should be, should be good. And, uh, we just want everybody to leave the beach and with some nice stuff and say they had a great time basically. Well, uh, they do every year. And like I said, you've done a great job, uh, with, with your, uh, part in that. Um, now this year, I'm, I'm assuming you, know, we had a great time a couple of years ago when we did the, uh, the, the little combine events, uh, the night before, but, um, yeah. They've they've done away with that and gone back to doing Mr. Football on Friday. Is that correct? No, no. Mr. Football still during halftime of the game, which I think mm-hmm. was a great adjustment. You know, back ten years ago, we did the banquet and formal, and kind of mm-hmm. got away from that and have been in a different directions. And now what we do is we have a family cookout. All the families come in, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, and they get to spend more time with the players. Um, Actually, after that cookout, they get to go out with them and then come back at curfew. And then the next morning, you know, they get up and, and we kick off at 1235. And, and it's just a, created a little more of a family atmosphere. It involves a few more people. Um, but, no, Mr. Football will still be announced at halftime of, of our game uh, at Doug Shaw. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the uh, the week. I'm looking forward to the game. We always have a good good time down there. And, and uh if um, I'm not mistaken, I think uh, me and my crew, uh, Emerson Phillips, Tommy Moody, are going to come down and broadcast that for some people to listen to uh, that, that are unable to attend the game. But, uh, Scott, I appreciate your time. Uh, I appreciate uh, your input. You're always uh, great to talk to. I do want to get you on the show uh, when you can talk a little bit more about some of the other issues, but I know right now that you can't, you're really uh, kind of hamstrung on that. But uh, I will trust me. I will get you on the show, and we will talk about some of that stuff. We always have a good time uh, when we get to talk politics. So, um, again, well, appreciate I, it. I just go ahead. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. I just try to keep it real, and you know, something y'all got to look forward to. I don't think y'all have been back since all the expansions have been done by the city of Myrtle Beach, and we got a huge press box and room for everybody in a dry place. And you know, it, it's it's a lot nicer up there than it used to be, and uh, hopefully, we can just keep making the game better and uh, people will keep, keep enjoying it. And like I said, the main thing is the relationship that lasts forever after the game. So that's something we're very proud of. That's right. Well, coach, again, appreciate you joining us and uh, good luck to you guys this week. All right, man. Thank you for having me on, Jimmy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Coach Scott Early uh, from uh, Westside High School. Scott uh, and I have been friends for a long time and um, uh, got to know him when he was at Myrtle Beach High School and, and um, had a great time with him when he was at Lexington High School here in the Midlands. And, and uh, we've done some stuff together since he's been at Westside. So, um, great guy. Um, and, uh, you know, the thing I like about Scott is you always know where you stand with him. Uh, I am going to uh, – we're going to forego our break because we've got on line with us uh, the quarterback from Carolina Forest, Mason Garcia, who is also a member of the South All-Star team. 
and I uh, wanted to have him on and talk to him a little bit about football. Uh, Mason, you there? Yes, sir. Hey, well, listen, man. Congratulations on the selection for the uh, South All Star team. We had the um, we had Coach Crib on earlier, and he sang high praises for you. I talked to him last night about the the quarterback group that we've got in South Carolina, and and your name is always one of the first two or three names that are mentioned uh, when we talk about that group. And uh, just uh, wanted to let you know that uh, everyone involved with the coaching. Um, and the selection process in the South, uh, the North-South game, feels like they got the best two quarterbacks in the state with you and Ty Olinchuk. Um, but anyway, so so uh, tell us a little bit about the season uh, for Carolina Forest, how it's been going, and, um, you know, what what you guys have coming up next this week. Uh, we're holding 6-1 and one right now. We won uh, one in the non-conference against Myrtle Beach. It was a pretty good game. Atmosphere was great. Uh, it was a tough loss, you know, but I felt like we moved on after that. We're 3-0 and in our region. Um, we got West Florence coming up, pretty big game. We lost to them last year in the region to be number one. Uh, they got some stud kids, and uh, I feel like we're pretty ready too. But um, the season's been going pretty well after one loss, but uh, we fought through it and we're moving forward. Outstanding. Now, um, you're committed to East Carolina uh, right now, correct? Yes, sir. So tell us a little bit about the recruiting process um, for you. Uh, tell us a little bit about what went into your decision on committing to East Carolina and, and how you feel about uh, going into that program. Uh, yeah, definitely. It starts with relationships and how you uh, interact and end up getting close to each coach that uh, was in my recruitment process. Uh, I definitely had a lot of great coaches, you know, talking with me and had a great uh great examples and great things that I could do at their schools and everything. But uh, it came down to East Carolina as soon as uh, Coach Houston and Kirk Patrick ended up coming into that uh, that program. And uh, that relationship between us just keeps growing and has gotten bigger since they've gotten there. And um, that, that decision was just very comfortable for me and what they do and how they do things is just something that I love and continue to love. Outstanding. Talk a little bit about the the North South All Star Game and uh, what first of all I guess what it was like when you found out you'd been selected, and then what what have you heard from everybody about that week and what it's like to go down there and um, just your anticipation looking forward to that game. Uh, just to, honestly starting off, it's just a blessing in general just being able to be selected out of these kids out of the country, you know, I mean, out of the state or whatever, because there's a lot of good talent around here, uh, you know, and uh, I really just felt like very blessed. And uh, a lot of people have told me about this week, and uh, I've had a lot of people with friends that have been in there, and uh, they just let me know how you grow with other uh, talented players and how you get to know other coaches and how you get to do different things, you know, and it's always a good atmosphere to do something like that and have other people come watch from wherever. And um, just honestly, just blessed for this opportunity really. And I can't really say much more about it. Now, do you play any other sports, Mason? Yes, sir. I play basketball. Okay. So a uh, multi-sport star, I, I, I try to stress that all the time. I think that these guys that are specializing are missing the boat. They really need to be, um, playing as many sports as they can get into. Um, on the other quarterbacks in the state, um, I did an article uh, a couple of months ago on the on the incredible quarterback uh, crop that we've got in South Carolina this year. 
And now we've got you and Ty Olinchuk, who's, you know, one of the top guys in the state, um, playing on the same team. Have you had a chance to, to meet Ty at camps or anything? Have you ever come across Ty? I've actually never tried to – me and my head coach always talk about him, really. And uh, we've tried to, like – I've tried to, like, point him out if I could, and I've never seen him or nothing, no, sir. I was going to end up okay. reaching out to him or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure you got – he's great – gr- yeah, great kid, just like you, and I think I'm sure you guys will be close and and have a great time. And but uh, I, I tell you, the the South All Star team, um, I really think got got two of the best, maybe the maybe the two best quarterbacks in the state uh, for their team. Uh, Mason, uh, appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, I wish you the best of luck uh, this week. Who you guys got this week? Uh, West Lawrence. West Lawrence, uh, tough game, and. Uh, now, your one loss, who was the one loss to? Oh, that's Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Okay, so um, so you guys actually you guys actually are, are kind of in the driver's seat for the region down there, right? Yes, sir. We got two more to go. Who, who do you have in the last game? Conway. Conway. So, man, that looks like Carolina, Carolina Forest may be the team to beat then. Uh, well, best of luck to you against West Forest this week, and uh, – I look forward to meeting you and, and talking to you and seeing you play uh, down at that all-star game. Awesome. I appreciate you guys. You guys take care. Thank you. All right. We're going to go to a break and uh, come back and talk a little bit about uh, some, some of the scores from this week. And as we get two weeks away from the South Carolina state high school playoffs, and we're going to the second hour, uh, we're going to be talking um, a little bit about some things that uh, have been going on around the state. Um, the eight-quarter rule, you know, the not being around anymore. And, and I mentioned earlier in the program about a school getting dinked on that uh, this week. Um, came out today. We'll talk a little bit about realignment. The South Carolina High School League's uh, realignment and reclassification uh, committee met today for the first time. And so they're already talking about it. And actually sent out a tweet earlier that they're looking for um, – ideas uh for this and um we're going to talk a little bit about the competitive balance uh committee that the south carolina high school league's put together um you know i i don't understand that uh at all um i but we will talk about some of the things that are going into that and why we even have a committee that's looking at that and then the ridiculousness of the way that committee was picked uh i want to get into that and we'll talk about the recruiting at the high school level, not 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 college recruiting, but recruiting at the high school level and how it's impacting our state. And we will be right back after this message from our sponsors. You ever get frustrated with your lawn maintenance problems or perhaps have some landscaping issues that you need to take care of? Windmill Services can help you out. They're not just a landscaping company. They offer a variety of services for all of your outdoor needs. You can hire them for one-time jobs like landscaping, design, installation, irrigation installation or repair, sod installation, and even outdoor lighting services. They also are available for ongoing services like scheduled lawn mowings, landscape maintenance, and grounds maintenance. They've been providing professional outdoor services for 25 years to residential and commercial properties in and around the Columbia, South Carolina area. Give them a call today at 803-513-3662 or visit them on the web at windmillservices.net. More than just a landscaping company. 
Whether it's lunch, dinner, or taking home a bucket of the best fried chicken known to mankind, the one place you can get it all is Zesto in West Columbia. And they've been serving the freshest made-to-order Zesto burgers, hot fries, homemade coleslaw, and delicious hand-spun shakes and desserts for the last 65 years. Man, that's a lot of milkshakes and a lot of smiles. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. till 11 p.m. ZestoWestColumbia.com All right, welcome back into the South Carolina High School Blitz. I'm Jim Baxter from scvarsity.com. Joining me now is uh, Richie Altman from Southern Sports Central Radio. Uh, Richie, how you doing, man? We miss you. Miss you the first hour. Man, I tell you what, there's a lot happening down here in the Low Country. You guys, uh, of course, have heard uh, about some things kind of going on. A, a, a school that's been doing some big things. Uh, is now under investigation down here in the Low Country. Uh, I've been all over that for the last hour. I've had conversation with a few coaches uh, along the way, and uh, even got some opinions from some of the other coaches uh, down here in the area too, where uh, they don't agree with uh, how this was handled. Uh, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I mentioned it earlier because it's kind of public knowledge now. We're talking about Oceanside Collegiate, and even mentioned what the allegations were uh, from last week's game. Uh, what I'm hearing now is that some of the schools that Oceanside played uh, uh, prior to that, earlier in the season, that uh, those schools are going back now and looking at their films as well to see if they can see if this was done uh, before the Phillips Simmons game. Um, I agree with you. Uh, I, I think that uh, it wasn't, it probably wasn't handled uh, very well. Um, I think the situation uh, that this occurred in um Obviously, you know, when you look at what happened, it was obviously not something that was done to, to gain an unfair advantage. Right. But it was a violation. Um, so I'm not by any means saying that there should not be some repercussions from, from that. Um, but what I am saying is that this entire incident, if you know what happened in that particular game, um, is is proof that we really need – some kind of multi-quarter rule uh, for this state. Um, it, you know, you, you had a team that was involved in a game that was a, a blowout. Um, they weren't able to, you know, they have reserves because of this eight-quarter rule um, and so many kids playing on the junior varsity team. And, you know, you end up on the other side of the field with a team that comes out on the short end of a 70 nothing game, and that can't be good. You know, I mean, and, and so – yeah, this is something that really needs to be looked at uh, by the South Carolina High School League membership. Um, and I don't, I, obviously, I've talked to the high school league. I've talked to um, the executive director, Jerome Singleton. And, um, you know, because of what they, they claim are safety issues, um, you know, they're, they're thinking it's not going to happen. We're not going to get uh, that eight-quarter rule back. But there are some alternatives. And I believe if we had enough people involved in it from the administrative standpoint and the superintendent level. Um, we can get something done. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you when you look at this, Jim, so, so here's a couple of things down here. So you guys, I know y'all talked about it here in the uh, first hour about Oceanside now under investigation with playing a kid on Thursday and then playing him again on Friday. 
You, you know, but here, here's the thing. It's a 70 to nothing game, okay? It was 70 to nothing. And when it was in the 50s, Coach Greer asked the other team if they would do an on, you know, a, 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 a nonstop where the clock would just keep moving. The coach at that time took it offensively and said no. He wanted to use the clock to stop. So, in other words, here's another, you know, 20 points that could have been saved from being put on the board. So, on the other side of it, then he runs all the way to the one. This is Ocean side. They kneel with a victory on the one. The coach on the other side, all of a sudden, gets upset, throws up his hands with a couple of gestures, and didn't like it. So, in other words, he would rather have gotten beat 77 to nothing rather than 70 to nothing. Uh, yeah, should Chad Greer and, and Oceanside be held accountable? Most definitely. But it, it's just awkward to me that, you know, here and, and, and some of the coaches down here were like, man, it, it's just, I don't know. It, it's one of those things that, you know, he has to know better. There's no doubt about it that Coach Greer, you know, I'm sure he looks back at this now and says, oh, yeah, it's one of those things that, and to be honest with you, this is where his assistants have to step up. You know, Coach Greer can't see everything. Unfortunately, you know, he is the head of the ship. So he's going he's gonna to be held accountable. And that's how it should be. But this is where some of his assistants, you know, they'll live and learn from this one. But for other teams that think they can go back and look and think Coach Greer is that kind of guy, he, he's not that kind of guy. And it's a shame to see, uh, you know, Coach Greer's taken a lot of guys, and I'm going to say this, Coach Greer's taken a lot of guys that weren't starters in other teams and is winning with them. He's doing the things with them that they weren't doing on the other teams because they weren't playing. Matter of fact, his running back, the leading rusher in the low country, has got over, what, 12, almost 1,300 yards alone scored six touchdowns the other night and yet wasn't a starter on any team before he got to Oceanside. So it's just it's frustrating to see this coach is trying to do what he can. He, he messed up. He broke a rule, okay? He'll, he'll be held accountable. He'll own up to it. There's no doubt about it. I know Coach Greer, like you and I, know him very well. But for them to sit here, and, and, and it's always something because they're Oceanside, and the Power Five won't play him because he's, he's in, a, in, in a charter school. You know, I, I don't understand that concept. I don't understand, you know, look, I've always been taught if somebody thinks they're bigger, better, and faster, that's who I want to play. I want to play the best. And if he says he's the best, then go, let's go play him. And whoever's the best team will win. And trust me, after a while, they'll get tired of getting beat up if that's the case. I mean, look at Central Florida. Same thing. They barked for how long? They finally got a chance to play some big boys. It didn't work out so well. You don't hear Central Florida crowning themselves national champions anymore. No, you're not, and you're not going to hear that. Um, you're not going to hear that at all. Uh, I think from here on out, um, they've had their struggles this season. Well, we'll talk about uh, when we get into the second hour. Um, we're going to talk about um, the issues. We're, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the the games and things that are going on. But there are several things that I want to go over and and talk about that that are going on in the state right now that are impacting the game of football in South Carolina right now. Um, I believe that uh, we have got uh, the other team, North, quarterback from Great Collegiate, uh, Hunter Helms. Hunter, is that you online? Yes, sir. What's up? I, I'm doing great, man. I, I, sorry to throw you a curveball. You know, we were going to go 8 to 10 tonight, decided to do 6 to 8 and get a little bit of prime time in. And uh, so, and I know you guys probably just finished practice not long ago, right? Yes, sir. Well, I guess uh, a couple things. Congratulations uh, on Holy Cross uh, commitment. Um, I don't think that I need Thank to you. tell anybody what kind of what kind of academic uh, standing you have to have to get into Holy Cross, but uh, uh, outstanding work there. I can I can guarantee you, me and uh, Richie and I, neither one of us would get in Holy Cross. <laughs> um, but but 
Uh, and then congratulations also on the selection for the North All Star team. Um, uh, um, Thank you. Yes, outstanding. Uh, you and you and uh, Od uh, Dawson, wide receiver, great collegiate, both made it. So outstanding yes, work sir. by Coach Adam Holmes. And um, so talk a little bit. I guess before we get into All Star stuff, talk a little bit about great collegiate um, and how you guys yep. are doing this season, and um, and what you guys uh, expectations for yourselves are for this season. Oh yeah, you know, um, well, you know, here at Green, you know, we've we've had a great season so far, and looking to you know keep building off of it. But you know, we started off um, record-wise, well, still, I guess, you know, we were right there in every game, but we kind of just came down to kind of the who has the ball last is going to win the game. We've had a lot of those, and unfortunately, the other teams had that ball last. But uh, you know, we just learned from it, learned from every uh, loss that we've taken this year, and and uh. And we played some great teams like Gilbert and White Knoll and, and all those teams. But, you know, like I said, we just keep learning off of it. And we're going to go off of that and try to make a big run in the playoffs and win a state title. Now, my my understanding, and I, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but the only losses that you guys have had were to 4A and 5A schools, correct? Yes, sir. And uh, a real close one down in Charleston, Oceanside. But, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That's right, that's right. Um, now, um, I was looking at, uh, I was looking at your numbers and, um, Richie, I don't know if you, if you've seen his numbers, but this is Hunter Helms's numbers right now, um, with still two games to go in the playoffs left to go. He's got a hundred and, uh, has completed 152 of 207, uh, passes for 2,841 yards and 28 touchdowns. Um, pretty, pretty impressive numbers. And um, obviously led the state in passing last year, um, one of the top uh, statistical leaders in the nation, and um, obviously and leading leading again uh, this year uh, for the state, and one of the leaders in the nation again. So, congratulations on that. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Richie. Yes, sir. Hey, man, sir. Uh, Richie Altman down here, actually in Charleston, uh, where. Um, Man, I've been watching in the last couple of years, man, and, and this year just watching what you were able to do against uh, – you mentioned Oceanside. You guys scored more points than four or five teams that have played against Oceanside. So that speaks volumes of the type of athlete you are, brother. I think you guys put uh, 45, 47 points against them. Yes, sir. So, I mean, you look at that, and this is a defense that they're, they're shutting everybody else down. They're doing extremely well uh, across the board. So that speaks volume to you. So, first of all, uh, congratulations on furthering your education at the next level, man. That's that's huge. That's what you're there to do. You just happen to play football while you're doing it. Um, talk to me a little bit. I'm from Myrtle Beach originally. I, I'm familiar with the North-South game extremely well uh, in many different ways. But with that being said, w- when you got the word that you were going to represent the North side, you're going to come in here, you're going to get to play uh, with a lot of guys that you've heard a lot about, you've read a lot about, some of them you've gone against. Uh, what does it mean to you? And then you've read a lot about these guys on the south side of town as well. Uh, just kind of tell us about the uh, the feeling you got and uh, what are you looking forward to the most uh, in, in making this trip to Myrtle Beach? Well, I mean, first and foremost, man, I was just excited and just hyped just to be able to be a part of it. You know, there's, like you said, there's a bunch of great guys. And, uh, you know, going down there with one of my teammates, that's even better. And You know, we're just going to go down there, and I'm really looking forward to being able to play against that type of and caliber of players. So, you know, I'm going to really measure myself after this game and, you know, just see uh, what I really can do against that type of talent, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Now, when so, you look at it, it's uh, the one guy that you look forward to seeing, I guess, from a, from another side, because I know you're up on that other side, on the north side, and, and I'll end it with this and give it back to Jim, but who, who's somebody you really can't wait? You know, there's somebody at this game that you can't wait to kind of have that conversation with that maybe you've read a lot about, maybe you've heard a lot about, uh, that you can kind of share some stories with. Um, You know, I really don't have a particular person, Um, but like I said, just – you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a heck of a week just being down with all those type of players and you know just making friendships and you know I'm just excited about it. Now, uh, Hunter, I was looking at the roster and and um, of course uh, Amon Green from Westwood uh, is the other quarterback on there. But as a quarterback who likes to throw the football, um, I'm looking at this roster and looking at these receivers you've got and. Uh, it's it's unbelievable what you're going to be able to do throwing the football with yes, the guys like Ben Rollins from Chapman. Uh, you got Anthony Dinkins McCall, who's who's probably one of the more dynamic offensive players in, in the entire Midlands area. He he you know can line up at running back and run the football from there. They use him in that capacity sometimes, but obviously oh, yeah. uh, great after the catch. Tyler Cherry from Wren, another great one. Uh, of course, you you're familiar with O.D. Dallas and that kid, right? <laughs> Yes, sir. You see him a good bit. And then Cam Atkins uh, from Westwood, Keyshawn Williams from Batesburg, Leesville. Now, Keyshawn is a kid that I think, you know, could easily double as a, a defensive back because he's a great cornerback as well. And then Eli Wilson okay, yeah. uh, from Wren. So you get a great a great group of wide receivers. Uh, that's got to be exciting uh, going into a game like that, uh, knowing that you got that kind of weapon, those kind of weapons around you. No doubt. Yeah, like, like I said, I'm – I'm just hyped overall just to be able to be a part of it. And, you know, being with those guys, they're going to sure make me look good, you know? Yeah. Well, Hunter, listen, man, I I, I know I threw you a curveball by getting you on a little bit earlier than we had expected, but I appreciate you giving us a call. Uh, again, congratulations on, uh, on the uh, commitment for Holy Cross. Congratulations on the selection for the North-South game. And um, just best of luck to you guys as you go on through the – next two weeks of regular season, and then get into the playoffs. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Hunter. Yes, sir. All right, Hunter Helms, great collegiate uh, North All-Star quarterback and Holy Cross commitment. And I don't have to tell you what it takes to get into Holy Cross. Uh, this is a smart kid. Um, I was talking to his dad um, about, the, about the decision to go to Holy Cross. And um, – you know, asking him what he what he wanted to do, and you know, you hear these kids all the time. Well, you know, I want a shot at the league. I want to play in the NFL, or you know, I want to go into coaching and all that. This guy wants to be a Wall Street guy. He wants to, he wants to be a finance wow. guy, and uh, that tells you anything about the the caliber of the of the brain that he has inside that skull. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back for the second hour. Second hour is going to be a lot of. Uh, politicking on what's going on in the the sport of football in South Carolina and uh, some of the issues that we're dealing with. And we will be right back after these words from our sponsors. It's calling your taste buds. You know that delicious-looking landmark, that chocolate-dipped cone in the sky located in Triangle City, West Columbia. Under it, the legendary Zesto, where folks have come from miles around the last six decades to enjoy the absolute best Zesto burgers, sandwiches, homemade slaw dogs, and hot fudge sundaes. All fast and fresh and friendly. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. till 11 p.m. 
Sorbet, your next tailgate with one of Maurice's barbecue party specials, like Maurice's rib special. Two pounds of pulled pork cooked low and slow. A full rack of fall-off-the-bone ribs. Three big pints of southern sides. Ten rolls, a gallon of tea, and 18 ounces of Maurice's signature sauce. Feed ten for about six bucks a person. Now that's tailgate. More at Maurice'sBarbecue.com. Their pits have been hot since 39. Go team! That great smoke taste is cooking up for you at Maurice's Piggy Park Barbecue. Baxter from scvarsity.com along with Richie Altman from Southern Sports Central Radio um, talking high school football. Had a great first hour. Wanted to thank Coach Ken Cribb from Johnsonville, who is the South uh, head coach for the South All-Star team. Uh, big thank you to uh, Coach Scott Early for coming on and talking to us about the process for the, the North-South uh, All-Star game and some of the activities that go on. That's going to be a great time down there. Um, Shout out to uh, Carolina Forest quarterback, East Carolina commit Mason Garcia for his time with us. And uh, the young man that you just heard, Hunter Helms from Gray Collegiate Academy, also selected for that North-South All-Star Games. Richie, great first hour. Ready for hour number two. Yeah, and and that's the fun part is getting these coaches, getting these players in here. You know, uh, this morning, you know, we had, of course, uh, you joined me this morning. We had a good show there. And, uh, of course, we had a lot of these kids as well that joined us. And I think the one thing that, that excites me the most is some of these kids that are, that are coming out, going into the next level, it, it's impressive to see some of the places that they're going and doing some of the things that they're doing. Uh, for example, I had a young man today on here, Brandon Johnson, who joined me. Uh, and, of course, he's a Fort Dorchester guy. And uh, I'm telling you, a kid comes in at 290. Six four, ready to graduate early. He's got a four GPA. He's got he's down to four or five colleges. Kid wants to be an engineer. He even talked about being a surgeon possibly. So, you know, when you, you hear these type of kids that are coming out and they're great athletes on top of being great individuals, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, I think uh, over the next few weeks, what I'm going to try to do is get as many of these kids that are on the All Star uh, rosters. Uh, on with us to just talk for a couple of minutes about the experience for them and and about you know what what their ambitions are what they're you know what they want to do you know when they when they graduate high school these are all seniors and and looking down the road and I think it's always fun to talk to them and and see what they've got in their brain about uh, what it is that they want to do um, after football's over and uh, so we're looking forward to that now we were talking uh, before we went to break about the situation with Oceanside Collegiate. 
Um, I, you know, as I said, I think that's that's proof that we need something uh, in South Carolina in terms of uh, multi-quarter rules. Uh, we've talked about this last week. I like personally the six-quarter uh, rule that Georgia does, where the week your calendar week starts on Friday. You have six quarters to play, so you dress these JV kids on Friday night. If if they only play one quarter or two quarters, they still got all four quarters left for the following Thursday night game to play in, and then the week starts over. Um, I like that rule, but at, at any rate, we need a rule because several reasons. One, these players aren't getting developed you know, on, because the sub-varsity programs are going away. They're diminishing. Um, and the other reason is uh, this is this game itself. You know, there are blowouts that happen. And you need to be able to have some reserves to put in there um, to, you know, to maybe maybe give the other team an opportunity uh, to be competitive uh, during the game so that those kids don't, uh, you know, because I'll tell you right now, if, if most of these kids that are on a team like Phillip Simmons are dropping to, to teams by 70 to nothing, um, or close to it every game, guess what? You're going to lose those kids too because they're not going to come back and play. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, And I, and I talked to Coach Greer yesterday. I had a one-on-one with him last night, and uh, this was before this all came out actually. But we just talked about how different it is because here's the thing. Even though you're a 5A school, doesn't mean you've got a, a, a power five team on the field. I mean, you can see the teams uh, out here in Charleston with Stahl, who, of course, they're in the 5A Football League. West Ashley's in the 5A Football League. West Ashley just got, uh, you know, got got kind of taken out a little bit there by Somerville this past Friday night, 50 to nothing. Now, this is a two 5A teams going against one another. And uh, you would think, okay, well, it should be a closer game. But the problem that you have is that you have some of these smaller schools, and we talked about this before as well on different shows, when it comes down to it, that some of these smaller 2A, 3A schools, some of these guys can outplay some of these 5A schools. So, you know, when you're trying to size up the the classifications against each other, it, it's not the same as it used to be. You know, again, for example, I really think that, that Oceanside could play against a bunch of the 4A schools and some of the 5As. I'm not sure they can hang in week after week and have the depth that you see at the level of, uh, of Somerville or, or, or Fort Dorchester or Berkeley or Goose Creek week after week. That would be kind of a tough call. But some of these other schools, like you see right now, of course, you look at Stratford that's struggling down here. You see uh, Kane Bates trying to get some things. James Island's doing some stuff. West Ashley. And I'm just naming a few here. Uh, you know, as we, we look at it, I think that there needs to be some type of an equal or even kill, if you will, between everybody. Look at Gray Academy. I mean, same thing for those guys. Those kids are doing some things, and they're handling business as well, Jim. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I think, I think that there's uh... – there's a lot of things that they need to look at. I, I saw earlier um, on uh, on Twitter, I was looking, I was following a thread where the high school league had actually tweeted out a reclassification realignment guidelines committee. Um, and they met for the first time tonight, by the way. Um, and, um, you know, and it was, it was basically saying that they welcome any input that you, the public can provide as they deliberate over the issues surrounding uh, reclassification realignment. And, um, the first comment that was made on this thread was someone saying, Hey, we need to do away with the eight quarter thing and bring back at least six quarters. You're ruining high school football. It wasn't even on the topic that they posted out. So that tells you how passionate some of these people are. Um, You know, there were four or five messages on this thread that dealt with this very thing that we're talking about. 
And, uh, you know, I think that uh, it's something they're going to have to take a serious look at. Um, I, you know, I don't know what the answer is, but I, I certainly know that we need to do something to stop the bleeding, you know, to stop to stop the mass exodus of, of high school players that, that are leaving the game uh, because they don't want to stand around and watch someone else play after putting in a full week of practice. And um, I think it's, it's going to have to be at some point looked at um, by the powers that be. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to do something, Jim, because here's what's happening. The game of football is, is definitely not what it used to be. I actually was at practice today over at Somerville watching these guys. It's a week off for these guys because uh, they'll get ready for Fort Dorchester the following week. It's an open date. But even even watching you know the Fort Dorchester practice, watching Somerville, watching Ashley Ridge and some of these other teams around the, the low country, you know, it, it, I don't understand why we're changing the game of football as much as we are. I mean, here they are. We went – Full pads any day, but what I think Thursday we went shells. Other than that, it was full pads. We had bull in the ring. We had the things and the drills that were preparing you for what you're going to deal with on Friday night. And what's happening, and, and I know this is a different angle on what needs to be changed, but we're wondering why these kids are passing out, why they're not handling things. Well, we're not preparing them. We're not keeping them in the pads and getting used to the heat and the exhaustion because it's hotter, to be honest with you, at the beginning of football season, it's hotter than it is in high school sports even in baseball, because in baseball, it's still kind of chilly here in the Carolinas. So, you know, for me, there's that angle. And then if this is a collision sport on Friday night, and, and I keep beating this drum, don't call it a contact sport. That's baseball. This is two athletes colliding into one another with their uniform and their pads and all the things that they need to be as safe as they can be. You know, I would rather be a football player than being tossed up 50 feet in the air and hoping some cheerleader is going to catch me on, on some platform, right? Uh, they have yeah. nothing. They have zero ability of, of protecting themselves with pads, but yet why we quit going to full contact and, and the drills that we used to use to prepare ourselves for these big hits that are going to happen on Friday night, Jim. And that's, it's just those little things that they keep changing that's, that's getting kids hurt. Cause they always say, if you don't go a hundred miles an hour, it's usually when you get hurt, you know, you practice like you play. Those were all the things that we learned growing up. And, you know, there's a lot more athletes turned out. Okay. That didn't turn out. Okay. Of how we used to practice. So, you know, they're trying to be so safe. Unfortunately, I think it's causing more injuries down the road. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. And, again, I've, I've talked to the uh, Jerome Singleton, executive director for South Carolina High School League. Um, you know, the, they're, they're very firm on, on the safety issue and um, in that they have no plans uh, to allow us to have uh, the eight-quarter rule back or any version of that rule back. But, um, obviously, um, you know, you look at some of the, the people that are talking about this online – um, you know, it's it certainly, and, and plus the, you know, just from me talking to coaches, just from the coaches I spoke to, they all say the same thing. We need this back. And it's unfortunate when they put this thing to the vote that so many people, um, voted for the abolishment of this rule. And a lot of those are the loudest, um, proponents for bringing it back. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I just don't think that they thought things through. I don't think that they had all the information they needed to make that decision on the safety thing. And, um, and it's unfortunate. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, competitive balance um, committee that uh, the South Carolina High School League's put together. Um, this is a, a, apparently, you know, a, um, a group, that, a committee that was uh, put together that is, I guess, looking at proposals on how they can level the playing field between the athletic programs at the public schools and the non-traditional uh, public schools and private schools. 
mainly, you know, and we're talking about charter schools and private schools here. Um, I was looking at some of the proposals that have come out of this, and it's just, it's, it's unbelievable uh, some of the things that, that they're recommending. I mean, I, the uh, one option was that they use a multiplier that varies from 1.35 to 2.0 for private and charter schools and magnet schools. And that would bump the non-traditional schools up into a higher classification. So, you know, for every student you have, you would count it as two students. And uh, obviously, so you're basically going from 1.35 or doubling your enrollment numbers. And listen, I don't think that's going to work. Um, you know, when you start you start talking about doing something like that with a, a, a public school, a charter, charter schools are public schools. These are public school kids. Then um, uh, you're looking at a discrimination situation. Um, option two, uh, they came up with this competitive balance factor. And um, yeah, listen to this, Richie. Um, and, I, and I know you're probably going to be rolling your eyes at this one. <laughs> so the, the CBF, as they're calling it, the competitive balance factor, takes effect when a private or charter or magnet school, again, they're isolating those schools. Again, that's discrimination. Um, when they reach a threshold level of points based on the team's overall finish for the past two previous seasons – if the total number of points exceeds that threshold, which could vary among sports, then that would uh, that team could be bumped up one classification. So the CBF has no no ceiling. So a team could potentially ascend one level, you know, one class level every year. So, for instance, Gray Collegiate, a two A two A school, they've won the past two state championships in basketball. Well. By this rule here, Gray would automatically have to be bumped up to 3A in basketball. Well, again, Richie, that's uh, you know that's that's discrimination. You know, I mean, I, I don't I don't know how how they're thinking that they're going to pass something like that. I mean, it's not even it's it's not even fathomable that that, that someone, that especially if you got a kid in one of those schools that they're not going to say something about that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things right now because of what you're seeing at Gray and because of what you're seeing over at Oceanside, it, it's, it's kind of a first time, I, I think, that these coaches are having to deal with it. And they don't really know how to handle it. I mean, down here in Charleston, I, I don't have anything in front of me to say this is what's happening, but I can tell you that these other high schools, these larger schools, will not play Oceanside. They will play them. And I don't understand that. I don't understand why, when, where, and how, as an athlete, okay, you've ever, you've ever said, I'm not going to play you. I'm not going to go up against you. Uh, again, I, I don't know about Gray Academy. That's up there by you. But down here, you know, Chad Greer has a bunch of kids, and I, and I said this in the last hour, and, and I want people to understand that because these are – I know you, we've got a great listening base across the state, across uh, the country. I mean, we can reach anywhere. But, you know, Chad Greer took a lot of kids who weren't starting on any other team. You know, I joked around about it with, with one of their coaches. I said, man, look, if I was you, I would put hashtag land of the misfits and run with it. Have fun with it, man. You're winning. Who gives a crap what anybody else says? Because 70 to nothing is 70 to nothing, you know? That's just the yeah. way it works. And they're beating everybody by this. The only team that put up points on them was Gray Academy with 46 points. Other than that, you're talking five or six, ten points. And I get it that they're beating the teams 
that everybody's been beating for the last four, five, ten years or whatever, but they're also beating those same teams by 20 and 30 more points. So to me, there's yeah. a lot of that going on. There's a lot of that conversation. But I, I, I am really surprised that, that somebody hasn't brought up what you just mentioned and, 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 and said, hey, look, what you're doing is against the rules. It's, it, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's not what you're taught as an athlete. You know, you want to play the best of the best, and if somebody's barking, they're the best. That's who I want to play anyways, right? Yeah. But if yeah. anybody is getting a group of guys to isolate another team, man, that, that, that's wrong in so many different ways. Yeah, option three is the smaller classifications, 3A, 2A, 1A, separate the private charter and magnet schools from the traditional public schools for the playoffs. This will allow everyone to compete in a region but still have separate playoff brackets for state championships. So, in other words, uh, you know, Oceanside, Gray, uh, James Island, uh, Calhoun Falls, um, Legion Collegiate, you know, all these, all and uh, well, I'm assuming they're including Bishop England and and um, uh, you know some of the private schools that, that are competing in, in South Christ Church, you know, some of the private schools in that as well would all go into their own playoff bracket and compete for a separate state championship. Um, you know, that's that that gives you six state champions in a in a state that has five classifications. You know, at one time we had seven state champions in a state that had four classifications. So I don't think that's right. going to work. Um, and then you know, option four, no need to change what they have in place. I you know I think that you know they they need some input on this. I I don't know what the answer is. I you know I you know uh, yeah I think you know my answer is uh, if you want to balance things out is for the South Carolina high school league, you take attendance zones out of the picture. You allow uh, kids to go to whatever school they want to go to. Um, then you can't, then you can't really say anybody's recruiting anybody. Uh, kids are able to go where they want to. You know, they do this in California. They do it in Florida too. These kids are able to go, you know, if, if, if I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm a quarterback, but I want to go play in Lake city. I can go to Lake city and play. Yep. I, I, provide transportation, I can go to Lake City and play. You know, if they did that, there, there would be no screaming over, over recruiting. Um, there would, uh, I, I don't think we'd have the problem that we have now with, with some of the public schools, traditional public schools, yelling about what's going on with the charter schools. And, um, you know, the, the districts don't have to participate. If the district doesn't want to participate in that, they don't have to. And also, they could charge a fee if they wanted to. You know, if you want to come play for us, now – there's some school districts who do that already, Richie. Some of them, some of them are charging. I mean, Lexington School District too. Uh, if if you come play in their district from out of their attendance zones, you got to pay forty four hundred dollars. Can you believe that? Forty. I don't know how they came to that figure, um, because I, I I agree with you know maybe asking them to pay a fee, but it shouldn't be any more than what the tax dollars are that that one of the um, People who live in that district are paying, you know, I don't know what they pay, three seventy, four hundred dollars you know, for school taxes. Um, that, that should be what the fee is. But anyway, I, I do think if they did that, if they allowed the, the basically free transfers, um, they wouldn't have to worry about – high school league wouldn't have to worry about the recruiting issue. And uh, it would be one, one headache off of their slate. Um, yeah, I agree with it. I, I think you're onto something there, Jim, because here, here's the thing. Yeah, you know, and one thing that I will say, and and this is from multiple coaches, that if 
somebody wants to go somewhere else to play, there's two things. If they don't want to be here, you don't want them here, number one. And if they're willing to travel down the street, man, hey, let them, let them drive 45 minutes to go to another school. I mean, that, that, that's a whole other feed. And there are probably more coaches that you're seeing. I can tell you there's a, co- a coach up and uh, an athletic director up towards the Myrtle Beach area uh, that basically has made it clear, look, you know what, if they, they want to go over there, let them go over there because they evidently don't want to be here and you don't want that that athlete on your team that says, man, I, I don't want to be here. And I wish my parents would have moved me to this county or to this area so I could go to this school because it becomes a cancer to the entire team. Yeah, it is. And I, you know, I don't, you know, as a coach, I don't want a kid, I don't want a kid on my team that, that doesn't want to be there. Um, let him go. But uh, what I wanted to talk about this committee, um, just wanted to mention this. So they put this committee together to look at the competitive balancing and to try to come up with something that, you know, the, uh, an agreeable solution for everybody. Now, this committee, Richie, has got uh, five, um, I'm sorry, uh, 10 or 12 members. Um, not sure whether it's 10 or 12, but at any rate, half of the members on the committee are from the traditional public schools, and half of the members on the committee are from the private charter schools. Well, that's crazy. I mean, why would you when 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 first of all, nothing's going to get passed by that committee, you know, because you basically got half of them for the private charter, half of them for the public schools. Um, But what I don't understand is you put together a committee that's supposed to be representative of the high school league and only one tenth of your schools are private or charter schools. Then I think one tenth of the committee that's looking at this should be private or charter schools. It should be no different than it is when they go to the um, vote um, with the delegates at the legislative assembly in April. You know, that's why right now, you know, 5A, 4A pretty much decide everything because there's more members. Why are there more members? Well, there's there's more membership. Um, and I think that's how this thing, did. you know, when they did the, the 50-50, um, the makeup of this committee, I don't know how they how they could do that and think that it was going to accomplish anything. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, I uh, I just it amazes me. But uh, so anyway, the competitive balance is, issues out there, the the realignment things out there. I don't know what's going to happen. Realignment. I mean, certainly there's going to be some. You know, when we talk about the basic stuff, you know, the teams that are going to move up and go down, there's going to be, you know, some some movement. Uh, probably in every classification. Um, I think that there's teams, uh, and I'm going to just use a couple for examples. May River um, is, a, is a team that's playing in 3A that probably has uh, 4A numbers right now. I, I would think that, that that's what school that's going to go up. You know, the thing, that, the thing about realignment that, that a lot of people don't take into consideration, and the high school league does, and, you know, I can't, I can't argue this. I think they do a good job with it is you have to consider geography, you know. Um, there's, there's schools that, you know, are just kind of in, in no man's land that have to, you know, have a lot of travel uh, for their games. And we're not – I think people forget, we're not just talking about football. We're talking about baseball, and basketball, and tennis, and swimming, and, and all these other sports uh, that, that these kids have to travel for, sometimes twice a week in some of these non-revenue sports. And um, – you know, when you got a, a school that gets put in a region just because they have 
three or four kids over the number, so they move up to this classification. And they end up having to travel an hour and a half to their games, their away games. That's a lot of travel, a lot of expense for a school when, you know, they're only three or four kids off from staying down in a classification and all of the teams that are around them or in that classification, it may be better to keep them down, you know, if it's, if it's not that much disparity in the numbers. And that's why you do have teams that are playing 3A football and maybe a couple of teams that are playing 4A that are the smaller 4A schools that get bumped up to 4A. And uh, I don't think it's right to bump those schools up. You know, I think I say you just put more schools in the classification they're supposed to be in. Yeah, you know, the one school that that, that we talk about down here in Charleston is Stahl. Stahl was a team originally was slated to actually travel down to Buford. Like you mentioned, travel expenses start to come in. You start to see how far they're going to play these games, a different thing like that. So they wagered, and I guess some protested, to stay up towards the Charleston area, and they won. And there were other teams around the state in this last realignment that did the same thing. Unfortunately, you know, you're seeing the repercussions of that to where Saul did get their first win since 2017 and uh, beat a team out of Burke High School, right? And uh, that's mm-hmm. the same, I think, same division that Oceanside is in as well. Uh, but then goes right back to the grind, has to play Somerville, has to play Fort Dorchester. Of course, they were actually in the game against Ford in halftime up by two. But then you start seeing the, the, the two, three deep guys, which, of course, uh, Coach LaPratt's got over there at Fort is able to kind of step up and do what they need to do. My thing is, what if by chance Stahl was able to wager or somehow find their way and play in that 2A bracket, and let's bring it Oceanside up, just beating everybody by 70. Let's, let's flip-flop them. I mean, I get it that if you look at the student body that are in each school, you got one guy that's got thousands of kids, comparatively uh, to Coach Greer that's got, what, I think 350 kids. But if Coach Greer is yeah. willing to come up and bring his team up, because he is one of the – I think he's the athletic director over there, then let's do it because if you, and, and again, if it has to be an agreement between the two schools to flip flop and be okay because again, I think Saul would be a lot more a, a, a competitive team because nobody's going to come back and get beat the way that Saul's been beat in the past or West Ashley can, then it continues to do what they need to do. But you know, it's very discouraging to an athlete to get beat week after week, and you know, you see the frustrations in these kids. But you imagine if they were put in the right classification to so the talent that they have on the field that they have available to them, you'd see a little differently. But I do think Coach Greer in a 4A or 5A, I think you'd see that Oceanside would be a lot better and a lot more aggressive. Yeah, I agree. Well, it is uh, bottom of the hour. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll finish up some of this conversation on some of these issues we're dealing with in South Carolina high school football. You're listening to the South Carolina High School Blitz on the SC Varsity Radio Network. If you have roofing or construction needs, call Pac-Men Contracting, LLC. Roofing, rebuilds, remods, and additions, Pac-Men Contractors can do it all. A veteran-owned company, licensed, bonded, and insured. Call 803-363-0739. Score big your next tailgate with one of Maurice's barbecue party specials, like Maurice's Rib Special. Two pounds of pulled pork cooked low and slow. A full rack of fall-off-the-bone ribs. Three big pints of Southern Sides, 10 rolls, a gallon of tea, and 18 ounces of Maurice's Signature Sauce. Feed 10 for about 6 bucks a person. Now that's tailgate. More at Maurice'sBarbecue.com. Their pits have been hot since 39. Go team! That great smoke taste is cooking up for you at Maurice's Biggie Park Barbecue. And that's why they call me... 
Welcome back in. You are listening to the South Carolina High School Blitz on SC Varsity Radio Network. I'm Jim Baxter along with Richie Altman from Southern Sports Central. And uh, we've had a great show tonight. We're talking uh, right now about some of the issues dealing uh, with the South Carolina High School football. And um, Richie, I've uh, talked to a lot of coaches today um, uh, because I had a lot of phone calls and and texts about what's going on down there in Charleston with Oceanside Collegiate and and uh, every every coach I talked to, um, you know, was complimentary of of Chad Greer and and um, the program that he's got down there. And um, you know, they all you know they all say the same thing. You know, this is this is why we got to get rid of um, you know this limitation on the uh, number of uh, quarters a kid can play in a week. Uh, I don't think that you know. I think the biggest issue with it. Um, Obviously, the, the high school league uh, and the National Federation of High School Sports thinks it's a, a safety issue. But, um, you know, there are other states that aren't doing it. You know, there are other states that aren't limiting uh, football um, like we are. And um, I, I think the bigger issue with it is uh, coaches that would abuse the rule. You know, coaches that are going to have kids that are um, significant impact players or contributors on Friday night dressing out on Thursday night just to win JV football games. And that's happened in the past. There were a lot of complaints that there were a handful of coaches that did that in the past. And I think that's, that really is a bigger issue um, in my eyes, because I don't think that the the safety thing is uh, the the argument really holds water uh, when you're only limiting the sport of football, you're not putting any limitations on the other sports. Yeah. For for me, Jim, and and here's what I don't, and I'm trying to understand this Uh, again, I played the game of football. I understand it. Not much change, right? It's still 100 yards. It's still end zone to end zone. You still have four quarters. Yeah, It's just as hot today as it was yesterday, minus we don't have Fortnite that we had to battle against. I mean, some of the coaches coach more against Fortnite than they do the defensive squads on the other side as far as keeping the kids outside and, and, and really hydrated, right? I mean, and that's as fun as the kids. But for me, why have we changed so much? Why are we getting so soft on these kids? And, again, I don't have a problem with safety. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that on any network or any broadcast. I, I'm all about safety. However, I mean, we're, we're changing the game. We're losing the kids. They're not coming back out. Nobody wants to get beat week after week. Nobody wants to be drawn out. And You know, I watch kids run out and look at a wet bulb and, and, and hope that thing reads enough to where they've got to go inside. I, I've never understood that. I mean, these kids would not know how to act if they had to drink out of this little long green hose that comes out of a wall. And uh, it'd be as hot as it is outside, but they would just be happy to have something, you know, other than what they have. Uh, and I think that's some of the things that we look at here uh, at the game of football. We're changing so much, but for what reason? I, you know, again, that's my biggest concern right now with the high school league here in, here in South Carolina. We're doing so much to change so much, and yet I, I just don't understand. You're seeing more kids, and, and they're telling me that, well, it's social media. It's always been this way, but now social media puts it out there. But I don't know if that's the case or not. I don't think that we're doing a good job keeping kids outside. The rule of thumb in my house growing up when I was young is, look, if you're still inside by 8 o'clock in the morning, that means you want some chores to do. So we were up and out by 7, man. We didn't come home until the streetlights started buzzing. 
And, uh, of course, we didn't have these issues that you see now. But it, it, it's an ongoing issue that, that until we, we let these coaches start coaching, I mean, look all the way in the, at Tennessee. You see a quarterback who makes a really bonehead decision, the head coach in, in college now. This is a grown man against another grown man. Grabs him by his face mask for a split second and is ridiculed by the media, ridiculed by certain people about he shouldn't have done that. I don't understand that because I was raised by many coaches, and I think I said this the last time on your show, that had more spit on my face yelling at me than they did in their mouth. But I'm a better man yeah. today because of those coaches. And the coaches that were hard on me, I love more now. I didn't like them then, but I love them more now. And when I go through the hard times at my job, those are the times that have gotten me through it and, and keeps me from just walking out and leaving. Yeah, we talked about that Sunday. Um, I, I saw that tweet uh, that one of the media guys tweeted out about uh, – about that incident and it and it really was not he really didn't even grab his face mask he kind of tugged it with two fingers uh towards him and then immediately let go of it but you know that mentality that that people like that have that that tweeted out about you know he shouldn't have shouldn't have touched him that's that's the reason these kids are soft today um and uh yeah it's 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 one of the reasons another reason that we've got the problem that we have with uh, the attrition numbers in football, because you've got kids that, uh, that are, you know, feel like they're entitled to something. And, and uh, I'll be honest with you, Richie, I I look at some of these kids today that that tweet their stuff out on Twitter about the offers and the commitments and everything. And, and I honestly think that they're, they're more hyped, hyped up about being able to make the announcement than they are of actually getting to play somewhere. Um, yeah, you know, I agree. They, they, they make such a big deal of it, and it's just it's just amazing. I want to talk a little bit about recruiting um, because that was another issue that, that came up today while I was talking with with some of the coaches um, with with the with the charter schools. But you know, I, there there's been some allegations um, that one of the charter schools, um, and I, and they're not here to defend themselves, so I'm not going to mention which school it was, um, you know, we're calling kids uh, over the summer um, to try to get them to come to their school. Um, I will tell you this, and I talked to Jerome Singleton um, from the high school league on Thursday about this, this very incident. Um, I think a lot of people are under the impression that um, with, with the charter schools that they're able to take kids from anywhere around the state for their first year. And that's that's actually not true. Um, what they're allowed to do is they're allowed to take kids from anywhere around the state on the first day of school. If those kids are there the first day of school, they can come from anywhere. And that, when I say first day of school, I mean the first day of existence for that school, right. only that first year. Now, if a kid comes in after the first day of that school year, he cannot – it has to be just like a transfer at any other public school – he, he cannot have attended another school that year. And if he does, he got to sit out a year. He's got to play sub-varsity level sports. Um, the school I'm talking about, um, the allegation was that they were calling kids from some of the other schools in that school district uh, to come over there. And that it was um, a football coach that was, that was doing the calling. Not the head coach, one of the assistant coaches. And uh, 
you know, it was kind of written off by saying that these these charter schools are able to call prospective students for their schools. That's how they raise their their um, student body, their enrollment numbers is they they call prospective students. You know, they have a big meeting when one of these schools opens up. They have a big you know information meeting, and parents come in. They give phone numbers out, and and um, and the schools call them. But these are student athletes that we're talking about. There's not just students, not just prospective students. They're prospective student athletes that you get a coach calling. Um, and if that's the case, and so I asked Jerome Singleton, is that how is that? You got a gray area here. You got schools that are allowed to call kids, but these are student athletes. So how can that be legal? You know, because that's recruiting. You know, and he said, well, you know, they're allowed to call kids for academics and try to get them in, you know, into their school as students. And I'm like, what are their athletes? And these aren't, these aren't, listen, you're not telling me, Richie, that an assistant coach for a football team is calling a kid from another school about academics. You know, they're not calling about academics. They're calling about football. And, um, you know, if that's truly going on, then these people, because Jerome told me, you know, uh, Mr. Singleton said, well, that's a violation. If it's coming from the athletic department, if they're initiating a phone call, that's, that's a violation. So if that's a violation. These people that this is happening with need to report it. They just need to report it. You know, and that's, a, that's right. how I feel about the recruiting at the public schools. There's public schools that recruit. And, and if you've got proof of it, then report it. I hear, I hear all the time how this coach recruits or this coach recruits. If you have proof of it, call it in, report it. And uh, I think that's the biggest problem with recruiting is not, not the fact that we don't have rules covering it. It, We have a lack of enforcement of the rules because people aren't reporting it and having proof of it. Let let me ask you this though. And and Jim, it's like this on Friday nights, I get a chance to be the voice of a high school down in Charleston on ESPN. And, and it's a lot of fun, but on every play I see holding almost every play I see holding. It's not always called, but if it's blunt, it gets called, right? I almost want to feel, and again, I'm not calling out any program individually, but I think it it happens, recruiting happens more than than we think it does. It may happen with somebody at the church. It may be somebody, again, recruiting comes in many different ways and shapes and forms. Again, I'm not going to sit here and say the head coaches are doing it every day, but it's been, look, it's been around forever and ever and ever and ever, right? I mean, there's, I mean, you can think way back when, when, when some of the greatest coaches that you'll ever know, you know, there was always that conversation. But unless you have proof, unless you have something substantial that you can bring to the table, you know, don't sit there and, and accuse somebody of doing something that you don't have proof of. Well, he's got to be cheating because he's winning. Why? Because he's figured a way to coach kids up and get them to play their position better than anybody else. That just means he's a good coach. Steve Frayer did it at South Carolina. He took three-star kids, turned them into five-star athletes. Who's to say some of these coaches that are winning big with some of these other programs aren't doing the same thing here, Jim? And that's kind of, you know, I get frustrated on a daily basis in the field that we do because we always have these guys and what we do. They want to be the ones. They want to be the ones that broke the story. They want to be the ones that said, I got, they want, they're the me guys of our industry. I don't like that. I think if you're in here for me, then you're out here for the wrong reason. And that's one thing I look. We tell our athletes across the low country, and I have an opportunity to talk to every one of these guys for what I do at Southern Sports Central, and I reach across the state along with you to tell our kids all the time, be mindful before you hit send on your phone, be it on Facebook or Twitter or any social media. I do the same thing in what we do because I don't want to be attached to something that may or may not be true. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't, you know, I think they need to have their information and, uh, 
and put it out and, and you know, have uh, have all their ducks in a row before you start pointing fingers and, and uh, saying stuff like that. But you're right. Everybody wants to be the first one to get a story out. Uh, they want to be the one to break the story. And uh, it's unfortunate because, you know, you're talking about uh, kids on this football team um, and, you know, it's it, it does nothing but hurt them. Um, speaking of illegal things, we talked a little bit on um, the halftime show today on 107.5 The Game about the situation with Cardinal Ritter uh, High School in um, St. Louis, Missouri. And I don't know if, you, if you've read that story or not, Richie, about the, the coach that played the, the ineligible player in the in the first game of the year. No, I haven't. I haven't heard about that one. Yet. Okay, so so here here's the thing. You you got a uh, Carter Ritter, one of the, one of the better high schools, one of the more prominent high schools uh, in in uh, Missouri. Um, had a young man uh, who is a college prospect type running back who was ejected from the state championship game last year. Uh, his punishment was to uh, be suspended for one game, uh, one regular season game this year. Um, they come back into the season, and this is a team that's undefeated. Um, and in the first game of the year, um, they they allow this kid to miss the, the sports-a-rama jamboree or whatever they call them there. But the coaches, um, Cardinal Ritter went into this school against another great team. Um, and they had a, uh, you know, with the, you know, presumption by everyone that this this young man was suspended for the game, he wasn't going to be able to be there. They had another player uh, come into the game uh, wearing a different number, um, and his I can't remember the name. But he had a, he had a different name, and he rushed for you know over a hundred yards. And Cardinal Ritter ends up winning the game. And a high school reporter noticed after he started looking at some pictures that this this freshman running back that they were talking about. Um, had identical tattoos on his arm that that the running back, the starting running back had that was supposed to be suspended. Well, come to find out, the the coach had played this young man. They, the, the coaches were in on this. They played this young man, put a different jersey on him, gave him a different name, and they let him play in this game uh, that they won. And now it's come out, and the school has forfeited all of their games. They had to forfeit all their games. Um, and because they played that ineligible player in the first game and uh, the school um, on their own volition has fired the entire coaching staff and canceled their football program for this year. And it, it's amazing to me that you've got coaches out there that would be willing to do something like that. And they interviewed this guy. Um, I watched an interview with him today and all he kept saying was, yeah, you know, a mistake was made. A mistake was made. No, it wasn't a mistake. You know what you're doing. You know, and the, yeah. and, the, and the mom, the mom of this kid's calling and complaining that, you know, this is too harsh. But, you know, I'm sorry. The kid took part in this. You took part in this. You knew that he wasn't supposed to be playing in that game. And uh, it's unfortunate because now you've got kids. Every kid on that team is going to be impacted by this. They're not going to be able to finish their season. Uh, some of the kids that were maybe bubble players for recruiting aren't going to be able to get looks from colleges because they're not playing. And uh, it's just an unfortunate, unfortunate thing. And and I'm thankful that we don't have coaches like that doing things like that in South Carolina. We've got a really good group of coaches in South Carolina. Yeah, you know, once you started telling me a little bit more about it, I actually did read that, and I was reading that actually with some of our coaches down here in Charleston. And what what a selfish move. And, and you know, that's 
that's a concern I have in a lot of travel ball. Uh, you know, you talk about organized high school ball. Uh, you, you look at some of these travel ball coaches. They, they have a different angle on things, and, they, and it's almost one versus the other, one versus, the, you know, the high school guy kind of trying to do what he has to do. You have a, a travel ball coach over here that he gets them on the weekend, and they're not working together with these coaches because they have their own agenda. And this coach evidently had the same agenda of making it about him and his goals and his things that he can do and at the expense of what? All these other children that now, again, what about the other kids on this that may have been a senior who somebody was looking at or there was an opportunity for this kid to utilize an opportunity to be an athlete to go to the next level, Jim? And that, again, what, what a shame. And how do they not think that this other team wasn't going to recognize him? I mean, I'm sure the other team knew this other young man that was out there. So even though he's got a helmet on, he's got a different number on, when you tackle him, you can look inside somebody's face mask pretty easily. Yeah, and uh, you know it's it's unfortunate that, that that happens, and and I hate it for those kids, but you know it it is what it is. It was a rule. It was a rule. I mean, this was not just a rule violation. This was just flat out cheating, and um, uh, it's unfortunate for those kids. Uh, we are going to take our last break, and then we'll come back and wrap this thing up. I'm Jim Baxter. He is Richie Altman, and this is the South Carolina High School Blitz on the SC Varsity Radio Network. It's calling your taste buds. You know that delicious-looking landmark, that chocolate-dipped cone in the sky located in Triangle City, West Columbia. Under it, the legendary Zesto, where folks have come from miles around the last six decades to enjoy the absolute best Zesto burgers, sandwiches, homemade slaw dogs, and hot fudge sundaes. All fast and fresh and friendly. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. till 11 p.m. You ever get frustrated with your lawn maintenance problems or perhaps have some landscaping issues that you need to take care of? Windmill Services can help you out. They're not just a landscaping company. They offer a variety of services for all of your outdoor needs. You can hire them for one-time jobs like landscaping, design installation, irrigation installation or repair, sod installation, and even outdoor lighting services. They also are available for ongoing services like scheduled lawn mowings, landscape maintenance, and grounds maintenance. They've been providing professional outdoor services for 25 years to residential and commercial properties in and around the Columbia, South Carolina area. Give them a call today at 803-513-3662 or visit them on the web at windmillservices.net. More than just a landscaping company. Welcome back in to the South Carolina High School Blitz. Jim Baxter from SCVarsity.com along with Richie Altman from Southern Sports Central. And uh, we're wrapping this thing up in the last few minutes of the program. Richie, any comments, any final comments you want to get in and uh, uh, on anything? Uh, some, of the, some of the guests we've had tonight or some of the chat we've had on the South Carolina high school football issues? Well, the one thing I do want to say to, to all the athletes who made the North-South game, who made the Shrine Bowl, who will represent not only uh, their area, their high school, uh, and everybody that they've come in contact with from the Little League coaches, uh, make sure you guys go back and, and thank those who helped get you where you are, okay? Utilize this as an opportunity to stay involved in your community. Remember, when you make this trip to Myrtle Beach or you make this trip to the Shrine Bowl, that you are representing 
more than yourself, more than your family. You're representing an entire community. So go out, have fun, right? But let's make sure that we do it the right way. And, and coaches, uh, I appreciate the time that you guys give into high school sports. I know it's a lot of hours and ends that you do. And, and I'm going to do something else here, guys, and, and thank the wives and the children of these coaches who or the husbands even who give uh, the time away so that these coaches can spend time with all these other kids and, and help raise these other men and women during the seasons that they have them. But uh, just real proud of everybody out there that's continuing to work hard. The attitude I've seen with some of the young men who didn't make it has been very positive. Uh, these guys are using this as an opportunity to get better. I know two individuals alone that arguably could have made it down here in the low country that won't be on a, a, an all-star team uh, this season at this point. But, hey, you know what? They're going to use this as an opportunity to get better. Uh, for the state of South Carolina, the high school league, I ask that you take a look. Take a look at what we're doing. Quit worrying about some of the odds and end things that, that, quite frankly, it's not broke. Why are we trying to fix it? Because there's enough broken inside of high school football alone that we really need to take a look at and listen to your coaches. You have them at this place for a reason. You pay them to do a job for a reason. Why don't you let them uh, weigh in? Why don't you let them tell you what they would do differently and then kind of take it into consideration because they're the guys who have to deal with this day in and day out. I agree, and, and while we're on the topic of the uh, coaches, I want to I want to give a shout out to the All Star coaches. Uh, coach Cribb mentioned the South team, but I want to give e- equal time uh, for the South All Stars head coach Ken Cribb from Johnsonville, two uh, A. Perry Woolbright from Lexington, five A. Um, Rusty Sharpie from uh, Brooklyn Casey, representing four A. Dan Holland uh, from Pelion, uh, representing three A. Uh, Brian Smith, Brian P. Smith uh, for Scotts Branch, representing one A. Uh, Mark Cagle from Gilbert, uh, listed as assistant coach, along with Scott Stogner from Chapin. On the north staff, uh, Chris Miller, Spartanburg, 5A, he's the head coach. Uh, Jeff Tate uh, from Wren, representing 4A. Victor Floyd from Chester, representing 3A. Jason Farmer uh, from Landrum, uh, representing 2A. Derek Youngblood from Willison Elko, representing 1A. Mark Smith from Abbeville as an assistant coach. And George Poole from Lamar as an assistant coach. And uh, great uh, staffs they put together for that. And um, just, uh, again, just let, echoing what Richie said, you know, thank these guys, uh, not just them, all the coaches around the state for what a great job they do and the time they spend away from their family and the time that they spend with your kids. I mean, they're, they're taking care of your kids as well. And, um, you know, I can, I can tell you right now that some of the coaches I had coming up uh, made a major impact uh, in my life. And uh, I, I thank them every chance I get. But, uh, Richie, that's going to wrap it up for us. That's about all the time we have. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you for, for joining us again tonight. wanted to shout out to uh, Coach Ken Cribb, um, Carolina Forest quarterback Mason Garcia, uh, Westside head coach uh, Scott Early, and uh, great collegiate quarterback uh, Hunter Helms. Uh, thank all those guys for coming on, chatting with us. Thank big shout out for Richie Altman from Southern Sports Central for joining me tonight. And, um Look forward to doing it again. We've got the uh, one-hour show on Sunday, the Sunday Drive. We'll be back for that. And then next week, another two hours, and we'll have another great lineup of guests uh, coming to you. But you've been listening to the South Carolina High School Blitz on the SP Varsity Radio Network. We'll see you next time.